The Headache and Migraine News Podcast. The latest news and tips for those with headaches, migraine, and cluster headache around the world with health writer and researcher James Cottrell. It's great to be back with you. I know it's been a long time since we've done a podcast, so it's good to connect in this way again. Sorry it's been so long that it just hasn't been possible. Um, but here we are back, and today we're going to talk about a treatment which is actually much talked about by uh, health practitioners, but for some reason I think it's very much underused and underutilized. And so uh, we're going to talk today about biofeedback. Now, I uh, did a little bit of uh, updated research on biofeedback, and one of the interesting things I found was how much controversy there is about it. Let's talk about that first before we even get to what exactly it is and how it works, and uh, then we'll move on how it may be of benefit to some of you. I think one of the biggest problems that biofeedback has suffered from is that, uh, like, like many alternative treatments, it's become a treatment for everything. And so uh, a lot of the criticism you'll see for biofeedback and the, the lack of um, valuable studies and things like that are simply because um, some people claim that biofeedback is going to cure just about everything that ails you, and there simply are not studies to back up all of those claims. So uh, I think that's one of the problems, that uh, there's simply too many claims for biofeedback that have not been backed up by facts. Another way I think it's suffered is, well, two related things. One, it's sometimes mistaken for some kind of a kind of a spiritual healing or a mystical healing technique. And as we'll see a little later, biofeedback is uh, something that has much more of a scientific basis. Another thing is that sometimes it is com combined and connected with spiritual healing methods. And what happens in this case is that uh, practitioners that start combining it with other things kind of uh, go madly off in all directions. And so you never quite know what you're going to get once you go beyond kind of the... Uh, traditional biofeedback, and you start getting into um, various other things combined with it. You never know exactly what your practitioner is going to do and where they're going to take you and how reliable their methods are going to be. Uh, we'll talk about that again in just a moment. Uh, another interesting issue with biofeedback is that biofeedback very much puts control into the hands of the patient and allows them to feel that they can do something for themselves to help treat their symptoms. And this is a bit of a two-edged sword. And on the one hand, it's excellent to get to have that feeling of control. Uh, can often impact other areas of your life besides just your headache or migraine or cluster headache symptoms. But on the other hand, some patients have trouble with that idea of having the responsibility for themselves. And of course, that's a personal thing that that people need to deal with, but uh, it does sh take people away from trying uh, giving biofeedback a decent try. They feel maybe it's going to be too much work or too much responsibility for themselves. 
One more thing, I think biofeedback is sometimes promoted as something that will simply take away stress or minimize your stress or your muscle tension. And we know that migraine and even so-called tension type headaches are much more than tense muscles and much more than just stress. And so um, you get the feeling sometimes that, as a matter of fact, we've, we've talked about this before, that when people actually began studying the brain and studying more about what they used to call tension headaches, they started to discover that a lot of people with tension headaches did not even have muscle tension. And so we believe now that the the uh, some of the root causes and, and things that are going on with a tension type headache are much deeper than just muscle tension and uh, go much beyond just stress. And so I think some people maybe shy away from biofeedback uh, if it's presented in that way that oh yeah, it's, your headaches are just because you're stressed and biofeedback will get help you get less stressed. But biofeedback is a lot more than that and we'll again talk about that in a moment here. Alright, now what exactly is biofeedback? Biofeedback basically is a way to give conscious feedback about what's going on in your body. Now you'll notice that most of the things you learn, if not all the things that you learn in your life, you learn because you have feedback. When you are learning to talk or to sing, you can hear your own voice. That's one of the struggles that deaf people have when they try to learn to speak. If they can't hear their own voices. Um, if you are blind, it's very difficult to learn how to drive a car. Why? Because you're getting feedback, visual feedback, where the road is and things like that. When you walk, you're getting feedback on things like your your balance. You can feel the floor. You can feel how your, your muscles are reacting. And so everything you learn, you're learning because you're getting feedback consciously about what you're doing. So biofeedback is a way to get feedback about things that you aren't necessarily conscious of. And that is such as changes in temperature in parts of your body or your heart rate, your pulse, various things like that. And the idea is that by getting this conscious feedback, you will be able to, to some extent, control those functions of your body which normally are completely unconscious. So that's the idea behind biofeedback, and we've found that people are able to some extent to do this, to control various things in their body that normally they would not be able to control. And that allows them, in many cases, to deal with symptoms such as migraine. Now, that being said, let me point out that we're still not exactly sure why biofeedback works for various uh, diseases. And that shouldn't surprise people that have uh, chronic migraine or things like that because uh, really almost anything that we use, whether it be medication or other kinds of treatment, we have some theories about why it works. But it is very, very often that we don't know exactly what it is that is helping the symptoms. And sometimes we think it's one thing and then uh, the research takes us a different direction down uh, five or ten years later and we realize that the same medication is helping us 
for a completely different reason than what we thought it was helping us for in the beginning, if that makes any sense. So we're not exactly sure what all the processes are going on uh, in biofeedback that are helping. But it's being used in a, a number of different kinds of treatment. Some of the more popular are um, the control of uh, bowel movements and urination. When people are having trouble with that, um, fibromyalgia, insomnia, and of course, uh, chronic daily headache, migraine, tension type headache, and even cluster headache, it's been used. And of course, there's many, many more, as I said before, uh, biofeedback, the, the, there are claims that it can cure just about anything, but there are, is still a, a longer list of uh, things that it has been useful in, in the past, and there is evidence to back that up, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in terms of our area of interest in a moment. Now, there's different types of biofeedback. Some of the more popular are the uh, electromyogram, which is basically measures your muscle, muscle tension. Um, there is the skin temperature biofeedback, a biofeedback thermometer, peripheral skin temperature, um, where you have sensors on your fingers or on your toes usually that uh, gives you feedback about the, the temperature of that part of your body. Uh, a PPG will measure your blood flow, your heart rate, things like that. And an EEG is also sometimes used for biofeedback. So basically what happens uh, when you go for a, a biofeedback session, you'll use one or maybe two or three even of these different methods. And you'll start with a uh, longer consultation, often maybe a couple of hours. And then over a number of weeks, you will go for sessions, maybe 30 minutes to an hour, and learn how to uh, use the machines, learn how to control these various uh, functions of your body. Sometimes this will be combined with practice at home, and then you will be able to hopefully continue having a certain amount of control of your symptoms in the future. Let's uh, just say again before we go on, will, will biofeedback solve every problem? No, it won't solve every problem. It won't solve all your symptoms, and it won't solve every disease, of course. And I also want to point out uh, another possible area of controversy or uh, thing that might be stopping people from trying biofeedback is that you're being told uh, your migraine or headache is all in your head. And I hope you know by now that biofeedback is about controlling biological functions in your body. So this is not about just imagining the pain away or saying that you're imagining the pain in the first place, but it is a matter of your mind being able to control certain biological functions in your body. There are many, many different reasons why this may work. Now let's consider, for example, muscle tension. Um, if you've got muscle tension, that may not be the cause of your headache symptoms. But you need to remember that any kind of headache, migraine or cluster, is not a simple chain of events, most likely. Most likely what's going on is kind of a web of events. And especially when you're dealing with uh, chronic migraine or something that's going over long term, you have certain um, loops that may be going on that are making things worse. For example, if you have pain, 
your muscles just may become tense and that muscle tension may contribute. So the muscle tension may not be something that starts the pain, but it may contribute to uh, other problems down the road. So pain itself uh, in a long period of time can contribute to other issues in your body. And so if even you can control, for example, muscle tension, that's not all we're talking about, but this is just an example, you may be able to stop at least one portion of that vicious cycle that's going on with your pain. So again, we're not saying that migraine or tension type headache is just caused by muscle tension. We're not saying that you can just imagine your pain away, but we are saying that if you can control certain functions of your body, you can minimize your symptoms and take a certain amount of control. Now, is there evidence that biofeedback works? Well, yes, there is. That's why we're talking about it today. There have been a, a number of studies, and uh, I just looked up a few here. Now, biofeedback has been around since, um, well, for, for headache, it really started to, headache and migraine, it really started to pick up back in the early 70s. Um, in 1973, a study was done with the uh, regulation of hand blood flow and the, the temperature of your your hands and found that it was very effective for migraine. So since then the study has continued for again migraine uh, and tension type headache are the the primary ones. I did read a couple of studies that put together a summary of some of the studies that have been done in the past just to see how effective biofeedback was and uh, what type of biofeedback was effective. The uh, one done in 2006 here says that it was definitely effective. It helped to lower the frequency of migraine and also self-efficacy. That means uh, perceived self-efficacy. That means that basically the patient uh, felt they were able to control and improve their symptoms. The most effective uh, biofeedback that this study found was the PPG, which uh, had to do with blood flow, and uh, but they did mention various other types as well. Um, interesting, a lot of studies talked a lot about childhood migraine and headache, and this biofeedback seems to be particularly useful for children for one reason, because a lot of the medications we normally use as adults are not tested properly for children, but also because it just seems to work better. Um, the Diamond Headache Clinic, for example, found that about 85% of adults had improvement with uh, biofeedback and about 90% of children. So this is definitely something to consider um, for children. Um, Let's see what else we have here. A study in 1983 showed uh, biofeedback remarkably effective in for children with migraine or uh, headache disorders. Once again, a, a uh, I believe this was a collection of studies again in 2008 uh, studying migraine and tension type headache found once again that headache frequency was lowered. Um, patients felt they had more control. It improved. Uh, lowered anxiety and depression and medical usage. And in this case, it was the uh, muscle tension type of biofeedback that they felt 
was especially good for tension type headache. Um, various other studies here, I won't get into them all, but that gives you a bit of an idea of uh, what kind of outcome there has been. It's been uh, basically significantly better than a placebo, and uh, certain types seem to be better than others. Another thing a study mentioned was that it works best in combination with home training, so when you're doing something in the, a clinic and also working at home. So, just a little bit of a summary here of what kind of benefit you can see. Uh, what, what, what kind of... Uh, let's try that again. Alright, so let's just do a bit of a summary of uh, what biofeedback may be able to do for you and uh, where we can go from here. There are three types of biofeedback that are probably most used and most beneficial for both migraine and temp tension type headache. And one of them is the uh, feedback thermometer the, that takes the temperature of your fingers, usually. We found a couple of things. We found for one thing that when you get migraine, often the temperature of your hands drops. And the same happens in, in stress. You'll often have a lower body temperature. So um, what happens in this type of biofeedback is that you measure the temperature of your hands and attempt to raise the temperature of your hands. The next kind is the uh, muscle tension, tension measurement and this is uh, has been found to be specifically helpful with uh, tension type headache although other types as well and that is another kind where you will use it's pretty obvious you're trying to basically relax your muscles and the biofeedback gives you a little more information over um, tension that you may not be aware of and also the blood volume pulse the PPG is another method of biofeedback that has been found to be very helpful um, for migraine this is especially useful as I said for children and also for those who are unable to take medication for various reasons such as those uh, who are in pregnancy or for whatever other reason are looking for something other than medication but most often biofeedback is used in conjunction with medication or with other treatments so I think most people can find it useful. A few cautions here before we go to our conclusion first of all um, there are cautions about using biofeedback if you have a major mental disorder, major depression, or um, some other kind of uh, major mental disease. And it's been said also that biofeedback, certain types, could interfere with your insulin. And so if you have diabetes, you definitely need to talk to your doctor. So these things do not mean that you should not be doing biofeedback, but you do need to check with your doctor and talk about the risks. And uh, one other thing, we all often talk about the importance of choosing the right treatment first, trying to find the best treatments for you before you uh, try the less effective treatments. Now, biofeedback will often be covered, at least in part, by your insurance. It's a well-established, well-known treatment. But at the same time, uh, it can be more expensive than other things, depending on what kind of coverage you get. One of the criticisms of biofeedback is that if all it's doing is helping you relax, there may be other relaxation techniques that you can use. So you may want to consider that 
trying other relaxation techniques as well. However, I do not think that biofeedback is only beneficial because it helps you relax. And on top of that, it may help you relax in ways that other relaxation methods cannot. So don't write it off right away just because of that. Uh, there are other things going on in biofeedback beyond simple relaxation. All right, in conclusion, biofeedback. I think biofeedback can be beneficial and I think it's very much underused um, maybe for various of the reasons that I mentioned. Maybe you'll have some other comments about why you have not wanted to try it or uh, what kind of experiences you've had with it. But I think biofeedback is one of the better proven alternative or complementary treatments for migraine and for uh, other types of headache as well. And so before you go off trying many, many, many of the other alternative and complementary treatments that are out there, biofeedback may be one of the early things you need to try. Um, some cautions I already mentioned, um, being cautious if you have a major mental disorder or if uh, you have diabetes. But also you need to interview your practitioner and have an idea where they're coming from as far as the biofeedback goes. Are they licensed in biofeedback if that licensing is available in your country? What kind of a license is it? Do they have experience not only in biofeedback, but they have, do they have experience treating your specific disease? Do they have experience treating migraine or cluster headache or chronic daily headache, whatever it may be that you have? That is going to make a huge difference because, as I said, there are many, many different types of biofeedback out there. We have just really scratched the surface here because we're focusing on uh, headache and, and migraine. But there are many, many, many types of biofeedback and you need to know what kind of experience your practitioner has in biofeedback and also what other kind of uh, things your practitioner wants to couple it with. Um, are there spiritual healing techniques that are involved? Um, are there drug treatments that are involved? What other kinds of treatment do they usually use the biofeedback with? What, what's their philosophy on it? I think these are important questions to ask. So you go into it with your eyes open. Uh, once again, I think biofeedback is useful. I think it's useful for um, many, many patients. And if you haven't tried it, I think you may be surprised at the results. Again, we've seen from the some of the studies that the frequency of attacks of uh, headache and migraine tend to go down with biofeedback and I think as well it can help with the coping during an attack it can help with uh, the just the feeling of being in control somewhat in control of your symptoms and uh, I think it's useful for especially for those who cannot take other drugs but um, for everyone as well as an alternative or complementary treatment in addition to whatever other treatment you are getting. There have been some very, very positive results in biofeedback. As with any treatment, it's not going to work for everyone, but it's worth it to give it a try. I hope this has been helpful to you. I know that many of you have had experience with biofeedback. Just remember that there are many, many different kinds, and we would love to have your comments, but make sure you try to specify as much as possible 
what type of biofeedback you were getting and how it helped you or didn't help you. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure others that are listening would love to hear from you as well. So you can head over to headacheandmigrainenews.com where this uh, podcast has originated and you can leave your comments right there on the blog. Hope you're having a great day and a healthy day. And remember, not just to put up with your symptoms, but to fight back. Bye for now.